This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast, presented to you by PHL Sports Nation. We're inching closer to the draft. We're inching closer to free agency. We heard from Nick Sirianni so far. It's very exciting time in the offseason for an Eagles fan, and we are going to talk about a lot of these offseason steps and what the Eagles need to do to get back into contention as a Super Bowl contender. We're seeing the Super Bowl on Sunday between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'd love to know who you guys are rooting for. Make sure you throw it in the comments um, of whatever post you are watching this on. But um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what the Eagles are going to be doing this offseason because they have a tall task ahead of them to get back on track as a team after a very, very um, poor season in 2020. If you guys are new here, I'm your host, Matt Loopy. You can find me on Twitter at Matt underscore Loopy for all things Eagles and also NFL Draft content. Um, so make sure you check it out. And the Birds Banter podcast can be found on Twitter at Birds Banter and Birds Banter PHL on Instagram. Thank you guys for flying with us today. Let's get straight to it. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys. The Eagles are very, very far away from any sort of Super Bowl contention. Um, they need to improve on a lot of areas on their roster, but also just their culture is all sorts of messed up because of Doug Peterson and what he did to this team, um, the quarterback controversy. There are many, many issues that we have to work through in this podcast and the Eagles have to work through this offseason, next offseason, because they are definitely not ready to compete in 2021, I'll tell you that. But to kind of stay optimistic and, you know, help you guys out a little bit, the last time the Eagles were in a similar situation, they were coming off of the Chip Kelly era, um, looking for a new head coach like they were this year, hired Doug Peterson, who, you know, a younger up-and-coming coach, and... All of a sudden, the following year, they win the Super Bowl. Not saying that 2022, the Eagles are going to be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Um, However, it is possible. It doesn't take a whole lot to turn your team around when you have the right pieces around them, um, a good coach, a good quarterback. And, you know, I think the Eagles have that. So we're going to get straight to it. Um, What are these four steps? What do they have to do to get back into Super Bowl um, consideration in the next couple of years? First off, step number one has already been completed. Find a head coach. And Nick Sirianni has been here for about a week or two now, and it's all settled in um, with the Eagles fans. Last week, Friday at noon, he spoke with the media. And um, I just want to talk about that for a second. Um, Nick Sirianni has gotten a lot of hate recently for his press conference. Um, This has been because he was stuttering over his words, um, there was one video circulating that, I mean, I, I, I feel bad for the guy. He's younger, 39 years old, first time head coach. He's speaking in front of an iPad for crying out loud. I mean, normally when these guys walk into press conferences, there's 40 reporters surrounding them, cameras, which yeah, that's intimidating, but at least you can look someone in the eye and actually speak to them. This guy, he's walking into a room all by himself, a camera in his face, and then a tablet to show who's speaking to him. He doesn't know who these reporters are. And one thing that really irritated me was 
obviously we know that we're gonna that the Eagles reporters are gonna ask questions about Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. That was guaranteed to happen. And in the same sense, we all knew that he wasn't gonna have an answer for us. However, the very first question, I believe it was Zach Berman, the very first question was, What do you think of Carson Wentz? It took, I counted, it took five questions. Shout out Ruben Frank with um, NBC Philly, I believe. Shout out to Ruben Frank. I believe he was the first one to say, hey, Nick, welcome to Philly. So he's already thrown in, and um, you're giving the guy a very hard task. You know, he, he's trying to thank everyone. He's very grateful, very appreciative, very humble about this next step in his call, in his coaching career. And um, now all of a sudden they're like, Boom. What do you want to do with Carson Wentz? Um, I think that was very, um, very not very welcoming from the Eagles media. Um, didn't really like that. And then the reaction on Twitter and other social medias, I just did not appreciate. Um, it's not an easy task to be a new head coach, obviously. Um, none of us know that feeling, so we should not be judging him for that by any means. But overall, I think he did a decent job at the beginning making sure he thanked everyone and kind of explained his route to being a head coach, um, kind of what went down with the Colts. And then later on, um, I think he did a decent job at explaining what his vision is for the Eagles, you know, his principles, what he wants to do, be simple, put themselves into the situational gameplay, um, but also build a good culture for this team. That was something that Jeffrey Lurie mentioned. And I think it was obviously a very big dig at Doug Peterson because he said, if you don't have a coach that cares, you're not going to win. And um, he just kept saying that over and over again. And it kind of insinuated that Doug Peterson just failed to care for this football team. And that's why they were not succeeding like they should have been. So Nick Sirianni, I think he overall, he did a decent job. Obviously, um, it was, I do understand a little bit because you see Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman come out and say that this guy is a great communicator, he's a leader of men, and then he comes out, stumbles over his words. Obviously not the greatest first impression that we've seen from a head coach. However, he is not going to be judged in five years on how he speaks to the media. He's going to be judged on the product that he puts out in the football field. I think everybody's just you know missing Eagles football, so they're going to pounce, pounce on whatever they have. Um, but overall... My expectations for him is I think he will bring um, a Lombardi trophy to the Eagles. I think he will be a coach that can stick around here for more than five years. Um, Doug Peterson was here for just five years, and it it felt very quick. Uh, I think Nick Sirianni building the staff that he wanted was very important because it's going to bring a lot of new ideas, but familiar ideas to the Eagles because they have been you know under Frank Reich for a, a couple of years. Um, Frank Reich left in 2018 after the Super Bowl. And Nick Sirianni comes from that same coaching tree. He has great experience with some talented players. Um, he coached Keaton Allen as a wide receivers coach, Andrew Luck as a quarterbacks coach, obviously Phillip Rivers this past year as offensive coordinator. So um, he has a lot of experience with talented and experienced um, players in the NFL. So I think he's going to be good, and I like the staff that he's put together. I don't didn't know all these guys going into it. Um, like many Eagles fans, they, these were all new names to us, but I think they're going to be great. Um, he had nothing but good things to say about his new offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, so really looking forward to what they're all going to bring to this organization. The next order of business for the Eagles is figure out the quarterback situation. This is the million-dollar question that everybody wants to know this entire offseason, 
and wanted to know during the press conference with Nick Sirianni. First off, I'm going to give my thoughts. Um, obviously, we weren't. We knew that Nick Sirianni wasn't going to come out and say, although this would have been nice, he wasn't going to come out and say, yes, I want Carson Wentz. J- Jalen Hurts, you're officially on the trade block, or vice versa. I think a lot of people would have appreciated that, and even if they're Team Hurts or Team Wentz, if you want to call it that, they would have appreciated him coming out and just being clear-cut, saying it. However, it wasn't going to happen. Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie were not going to let him come out and say that even if his mind is already made up. Keep in mind, like Nick Scarni mentioned, that he got some hate for saying this, but it's absolutely true. As a Colts coach, the Eagles and Colts didn't really play much at all. I don't think they played at all the past three years or so. Or no, they did in 2018. They, that was the last time they played. That was Wentz's first game back. Um, so it's not like Nick Sirianni is scouting the Eagles day in, day day out. They're in a separate conference. You know, they he has no business watching Eagles football unless they're going to be playing. So, yes, he can hear things around the league. He is a coach, so he knows the game well. But he's not going to come in and all of a sudden know every single thing about every single player on this roster. He still needs time to evaluate it. Um, He just came in as a new head coach. He got some meetings out of the way, got his new office. We saw all of that on Instagram. Very cool. But, you know, I'm sure he's hard at work now evaluating this roster, but it's going to take a good amount of time. He has more than 53 players to work through and to think about, is this going to be a good fit in my system? Who do I want differently? Um, who should we get rid of? It's a long process that Nick Sirianni has to go through. Um, so first thing off the bat, obviously quarterback is the main focus of that roster. Um, but it's very difficult for him to look at both Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts just off of one day or what the media has said and say, that's going to be my quarterback. He needs to go back, watch a lot of film, talk to these guys more importantly, and then finally come to a decision. In my opinion, I'm going to explain this why, but in my opinion, you have to go with just one of these quarterbacks. A lot of people are hinting that there's going to be a battle in training camp. And as exciting as that is, this team does not need that right now. I think you need to go with just one because of the mentality of it. Um, Carson Wentz is obviously very mentally fractured. So if you go with Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts cannot be on this roster. That would be a terrible decision for his development, and he is not going to get any better um, as a quarterback as a result. I think if you want to commit to Carson Wentz, even if it flops, you have to get rid of Jalen Hurts. And then if he flops, start all over next year. I'm, I'm okay with starting over the process and getting the guy that you want the following year because, you know, you can't see another situation where Carson Wentz is playing um, below average football for half the season and then call on Jalen Hurts to come in. Same thing for Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts wants to be the, or if he deserves to be the starting quarterback, you have to get rid of Carson Wentz. You owe that to him. Um, give him a chance to go be a starting quarterback elsewhere in the NFL and revive his career after a very, very poor 2020 season. So um, also we've seen in this past week, the market for quarterbacks is very high right now. We saw Matthew Stafford get traded for not just Jared Goff, but two first round picks and a third round pick. Um, I think that trade would have been you know, pretty fair if it was just Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford straight up. I know Goff isn't the greatest quarterback, but and when you take um, age into consideration and just get into a new system, if they're comfortable with that, I think that would have been 
pretty decent. Um, but they threw in a multitude of picks, and it just shows what quarterbacks are going for these days. You know, I can only imagine what, if Deshaun Watson is moved, what his price would be. I mean, at this point, I think it would have to be at least four first-round picks, which is just insane to think about. And, um, yeah, that's Carson Wentz, um, although he is not at the same level as Deshaun Watson anymore. Obviously, if Matthew Stafford is going for that much, you'd have to think that Carson Wentz would get a pretty decent haul in return and that teams are going to be interested because we saw that many teams were interested in Matthew Stafford as well as Jared Goff before that trade was finalized between the Lions and the Rams. Going back to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts finally spoke out to the media um, on Tuesday of this week and he said, I'm putting in the work on my end. I'm challenging myself to be the best quarterback I can be. So this is the first time we've seen Jalen Hurts speak and comment on his relationship with Nick Sirianni and the Eagles' starting quarterback so far. So um, first things first, Terrell Owens supports it. He believes that um, Jalen Hurts should be the starting quarterback. Whether you like T.O. or not, that depends how you feel about that statement. But um, we're seeing a good amount of former, former and current players come out in support of Jalen Hurts and say that he should be the starting quarterback. So Jalen Hurts, um, I think that... You know, obviously, they're going to get pounded with these questions. If Carson Wentz was meeting with the media or NFL Network like Jalen Hurts just did, then he's going to be pounded with the same questions. Jalen Hurts, I think he went very professionally about it. Great answer, saying that he is preparing like he is a starting quarterback. And if he is, he's going to make the most of it. He's going to learn from his mistakes last year, but then build upon the strengths that he already has. He's challenging himself to be the best quarterback he can be. That is a statement you want from your starting quarterback. Carson Wentz, on the other hand, has yet to speak to the media. If I'm not mistaken, I think the last time that he spoke to the public and the first time that he spoke out since being benched was a Twitter video where he congratulated Roddy McLeod for his Walter Payton Man of the Year award, or not award, but nomination. Um, So obviously not the big grand um, press conference we want out of Carson Wentz or even just an interview to try to reveal some things out of him. So not really sure what's going on with Carson Wentz. I think it is very immature of him and not um, a good move if you want to be a franchise quarterback to just stay silent for months now. Um, We're into February. He was benched in either November or December. Um, It's been a few months now. Carson Wentz has yet to say anything. And um, yes, it's okay if you're being silent, working on your own. But, you know, you got a new head coach. You got some things to get off your chest. I would much rather him come out to the media and say something. I'm not going to bash him for it. Uh, I'm sure he's pretty, you know, hurt mentally um, with this whole situation. I think he's not in a good place right now and needs some clarity with new head coach Nick Sirianni before he starts to go about talking to the media. However, I would love to hear what Wentz has to say and try to get some clarity on what this um, outlook of Carson Wentz's future is going to be with the Eagles. And like I said, the quarterback battle would be super fun in training camp, especially if fans can come in. That would be so fun to watch. However, this team does not need that right now. Yes, the Eagles are very um, very much in a rebuilding mode, and they could potentially have two quarterbacks and battle them out all season or just in training camp. But like I said, the mental aspect of it is not good for either quarterback. Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, showed he could be a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Carson Wentz has proved that multiple years. And if he is, you know, 
on the roster with another starting caliber quarterback yet again. I think he is going to be mentally fractured beyond repair, and his career is going to quickly diminish in Philadelphia and in the NFL. Another point that I want to make is that players' value decreases exponentially after the draft. So during the draft, most teams are going to have their choice at a quarterback. So the Jaguars obviously going to select Trevor Lawrence. And then after that, the Jets, other teams that are in the market for a quarterback can pick between Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and other quarterbacks later in the draft. So teams are going to be filling out their rosters during the draft like the Eagles are. Um, Right now, there is a big need for quarterbacks across the league, and we could see guys like Deshaun Watson. Maybe Jared Goff is traded again. I don't think it happens, but it's definitely been thrown out there um, by some respectable people. And, you know, Wentz could be in that consideration, someone that is going to move. Um, I saw Sam Darnold as well. So there's going to be a lot of shakeup in the quarterback position this offseason and could open up a lot of possibilities for a guy like Carson Wentz. However, if you wait till after the draft, not as many teams are going to want them because these quarterback needy teams are likely going to draft a quarterback in day one or day two of the NFL draft and do not want to take on more money and another quarterback when they have one ready to go either year one or year two on their roster already. One of the most underrated steps to getting the Eagles back into contention is free agency. And I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this right now, and rightfully so. It's very difficult for the Eagles to deal with free agency this year because they have very limited cap space. I think right now they're projected to be over $40 million in cap space. We're, we have still yet to hear um, what that cap number is going to be for each NFL team and what they're going to have to deal with and how much money they need to get rid of. But um, unlike the NBA and the MLB, it is a hard cap. And the Eagles have to meet this. And they can't just get under by a little bit. They have to make sure that they're ready to pay these rookies that they draft. And that's going to, with a good draft pick like the sixth overall, you're going to have to clear up about fifth. Uh, I have to check on that exactly, but um, it's definitely over $10 million. So you got to make sure you find a lot of money for that. Um, names that come to mind already, Derek Barnett, um, get rid of his $10 million free uh, fifth-year option. Alshon Jeffrey is going to be some dead cap, but you just need to get him out of the system. The Jacksons, Malik Jackson, Deshaun Jackson, definitely candidates to be cut. And then a big surprise, actually. So the other day, Bleeding Green Nation released an article saying that Darius Slay should be cut or traded this offseason. And it got a lot of hate. And I think it got a lot of hate just because of the headline. People see that and they instantly jump on him for it. However, if you read the article and you just know the game of football, it does make a lot of sense. First things first, when Darius Slay signed his contracts last offseason with Eagles, he got that extension to make him the highest paid corner in the NFL for the time being. I think it was, you know, I wouldn't say a mistake by the Eagles because they definitely needed a corner. But when I looked at that contract, I said, this screams cap casualty. In the future, either this year or next year, next year is the last year of the deal, he is going to be gone. He's not going to play all three years because that is a lot of money and the Eagles are not going to be wanting to pay that when it's all said and done. He is getting older, and there is definitely a sign of regression out of Darius Slay. So, that being said, I don't think Darius Slay will leave. However, when you're thinking about the Eagles as a rebuilding team, is it that smart to keep a top five, top three paid NFL cornerback on your team when you can use that money elsewhere or just draft younger talent and try to develop them? When you are probably only going to get eight wins next season, 
do you really need a lockdown corner or someone that used to be a lockdown corner? In my opinion, no. I don't think that is the smartest move by the Eagles. However, I wouldn't be upset with them keeping Darius Slay. I would definitely support it. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what they do, but Darius Slay is definitely in consideration there um, as a cap casualty to save up some cap space. So with not a lot of money, the Eagles really need to have a different approach to free agency like they have in the past. So back in 2017, they brought in Alshon Jeffrey to a pretty big contract, um, signed other players to considerable deals because they're ready to win now. Then last year, we saw um, Javon Hargrave get paid a lot of money by the Eagles. Right now, the Eagles don't have the funds or the need to pay someone a record-breaking contract or just a big contract in general. So what are they going to do in free agency or if they do free agency at all? Obviously, some moves are going to be made. But it's most likely going to be younger talent that you're going to try to, to develop and turn their career around. Maybe somebody that was only in the league for about a year or two before they got cut. And then you can try to revive their career. Maybe Nick Sirianni sees a lot of potential in him. So you need to do a lot of homework and figure out these guys that you can sign for cheap deals that can probably just contribute on special teams for their first year and then hopefully develop them into a difference maker on offense or defense down the road. When you're ready to contribute and uh, make a run for it at the Super Bowl in 2022, 2023, 2024, whatever that is, whenever the rebuild is over, you want these guys to be maybe into a second contract and be ready to be a starter in the NFL. Obviously, that's a very tall task, but if they can get one or two guys right now who can be solid um, contributors on special teams and then potentially be flipped into a starter down the road at either running back, wide receiver, safety, tight end or linebacker, I think that would be a great move by the Eagles. Um, obviously, they're not going to be targeting a guy like Allen Robinson or Juju Smith-Schuster. As much as it would help the team, they just do not have the money to do that. And now a word from our sponsor, Manscaped. Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for whatever, wherever the night may take you. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special day. Two million men are already trusting Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Manscaped has been a sponsor for the Birds Banter podcast for a while, and I can confidently say that their products are very, very good. Your girl can't think of what to get you this year? Tell her to get the gift that's best for you and her. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 for the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer, which has advanced skin-safe technology and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's also waterproof, which prevents a mess on the bathroom floor and in the sink, especially when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow. And let's be real, we've smelled the worst down there before. That's why I'm thankful thankful for their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep our boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will keep the mood set if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package 3.0 will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped high-performance anti-chafing boxers, easily the most comfy boxers I've ever had. And complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. 
with the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulations, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL at manscaped.com. Happy Valentine's Day from Manscaped. All right, and now one of the most important steps to making the Eagles back into a contender for the Super Bowl is the NFL Draft. Now, this is the biggest draft in recent history by a mile. I know we say that almost every single year. The Eagles need to hit on this draft, but nothing compares to this draft in 2021. Right now, the Eagles have about 10 picks. It's going to be a a first-round pick, second round, third round, two fifth rounds, three sixth-round picks, and two seventh-round picks. Now, last year after the draft, myself and other people around Eagles media said that the Eagles had a great day three in the NFL draft. They brought in some contributors on both offense and defense. But then after the 2020 season, we saw that Sean Bradley didn't really do anything. Casey Tuhill was cut. Prince Tegawanago was cut. And John Hightower just rarely played, etc., etc. Quez Watkins was really the only bright side from that draft class in day three. So this year, there's seven picks on day three. That Saturday is going to be very important for Eagles fans and the Eagles team. I would say this year, it's going to be very hard to do this, but this year, five out of seven of those day three picks need to hit. And by hitting, I think that means they need to have a significant role in year one and year two. And that significant role does not mean they need to be a three-down starter on offense or defense. That just means that they need to have a role whether that be on special teams, whether that's just a red zone threat, whatever it is, these day three picks need to make a difference. We saw back in 2016, um, Jalen Mills selected in the seventh round. All of a sudden, halfway through the year, he's the starting quarterback, cornerback. So something like that, a player that you can de- can develop and find a role for on defense, not just going to sit the bench or get cut. These guys really need to make a difference. It's imp- an important year to do so, not just for this year, but for the future, get these guys on cheaper contracts so it's going to help you a lot down the road as far as cap space goes. Right now, the Eagles aren't in a position to just target one guy in the draft. There are many, many needs. Right now, their immediate needs are wide receiver, cornerback, and safety. Now, wide receiver is very interesting because it's obviously an immediate need. The Eagles have a very, very poor wide receiver group. Uh, There are some bright sides with Jalen Rager, um, Quez Watkins. We have still yet to see Marquise Goodwin in a um, Eagles uniform, so we don't know what he has to offer. He's still going to be on that one-year contract. Um, and the interesting part is this wide receiver group is very, very young. So if they can turn it around, maybe a wide receiver doesn't need to be taken in the first round. Getting a guy like Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith or even Jalen Waddle will help the Eagles a lot this year in the draft and in the future. However, if they can turn it around and make Jalen Rager the wide receiver one that they really wanted to, and Travis Fulgham can regain that magic that he got halfway through the season, their wide receiver group is going to be in very good hands. Cornerback and safety are just depleted with injuries and just don't have a lot of talent there right now anyways. So that's definitely an immediate need if they don't get that secured in this draft. Um, It's going to be a very, very poor year for the Eagles defense. The future needs of the team include tight end, cornerback, safety, which we already mentioned, and then defensive line and offensive line. Um, Right now with tight end, it's 
pretty interesting. Zach Ertz is likely going to be gone. That leaves Dallas Goddard. And if Dallas Goddard, for whatever reason, is not on the team in the future, you're you all of a sudden go from two very good tight ends to no good tight ends. If the Eagles are going to want to run 12 personnel like they love to do, and Nick Sirianni did a good amount with the Colts, you have to have some pretty solid options at tight end. That's why last podcast I mentioned that Kyle Pitts is definitely a legitimate option at pick number six. Defensive line, offensive line, um, Derek Barnett is going to be gone, no question about it. It's not worth paying him $10 million, especially if you can get all of that back. Um, after that, Brandon Graham, he's getting older. His contract is about to expire. And then Josh Sweat is really the only bright spot on that defensive line for the future. You need to help out, um, get some more pieces around him. Javon Hargrave is still pretty young, but didn't have um, the difference-making season that we all expected him to have. Fletcher Cox, another person getting up there in age. Malik Jackson could be a cap casualty, so the defensive line is quickly going to a pretty big weakness for this Eagles team. And then offensive line, their starting um, core is pretty set in stone. Um, I would imagine Jordan Mailata should get the start at left tackle, but knowing the Eagles, they're definitely going to put Andre Dillard there. Isaac Sayamala at left guard still. Jason Kelsey, hopefully he stays for another year and goes to center. If not, center is a very, very immediate need. Um, right guard, Brandon Brooks. Brandon Brooks is going to be back from injury. And then right tackle is Lane Johnson. However, looking at this group right now, it's a pretty solid group. We see that when injuries happen, they do not have a lot of depth. And then also, besides that, Brandon Brooks and um, Lane Johnson getting up there in age, you have to find their replacements very, very soon. Jason Kelsey included. So those are my steps for the Eagles to go back to being a contender team. Um, I would want to say right now, don't be surprised if the Eagles have another lackluster year. The last time we saw a new head coach, they did win the Super Bowl the following season. Not saying that's going to happen, but it's okay if they struggle this year, get some things sorted out, and then make a run for it next year. No matter what happens this offseason, no matter who they sign, no matter who they draft, no matter who the quarterback is, I will always view this team as an eight-win team, no matter what the schedule is either. Um, they have so many issues all across the field. One offseason isn't enough to fix this team. They're going to be very, very average next year. I think they, they will be the definition of an average team. Um, getting Nick Sirianni up to speed will be very important. And then hopefully in 2022, you will have another huge offseason to continue that rebuild and then either finish it off that offseason or extend it to 2023 and then try to make a run for it then. Um, as we've heard before from Lurie and Roseman, most teams have a Super Bowl window. They're not like the Chiefs and the Patriots who can just compete year after year. Um, so the Eagles are going to have this window coming up very soon in either 22 or 23, 24. Whenever they finish this rebuild, they're going to have a few years where they have to make the most of it. And then this plan that I just went through, it's going to be very, very different. They're going to be looking for guys who can contribute right away. Um, we saw that in 2017, signed a lot of veterans who had significant roles and excelled with those significant roles. So right now, it's more about rebuilding, stockpiling assets for the future, and trying to make sure that you have a good team down the road. Eight wins next year, not going to matter too much because right now, the Eagles are focused on getting back on track and then being a contender in the future years. I want to end this podcast to give you five names to watch for in the 2021 NFL Draft. We're going to do this every single week. I've been doing draft reviews on YouTube. Make sure you check out Bird's Banter on YouTube. Like the page. Subscribe to it. Um, I'm always doing draft content, so make sure you check it out. And Also, follow me on Twitter. 
Matt underscore Loopy for some draft content. Um, but I'm going to give you five players every single week just to encourage you to watch them a little bit and look out for them as Eagles prospects. Number one, Amonra St. Brown, USC wide receiver. He's one of the most complete yet underrated wide receivers this year. Um, from what I've seen, he catches everything thrown his way and he has great route running. Rashad Weaver is a defensive lineman from Pitt. He can win in multiple, multiple ways. He was just at the Senior Bowl, showed that quickness off the ball, and he can always find a way to get into the backfield. He did miss the entire 2022 with an injury, which is going to cause his draft stock to fall a little bit. Tariq Thompson is a safety from San Diego State. He is mostly going to be a nickel cornerback at the next level, but he's also very good against the run. Eagles are probably going to let Craven LeBlanc and Nikel Roby Coleman walk this offseason, so there will be a very big need at nickel corner. Grant Stored, shout out to Grant, um, I know his agent, Joshua Grady, linebacker from Houston. He had a very, very good senior bowl, tore it up. The media absolutely loved him. Check him out. Um, his play is almost as good as his hair. He is a beast on special teams, and he excels against the run. Trey Sermon, running back, Ohio State. He's a true power back. He had extreme production at Ohio State, and he would complement Miles Sanders nicely. We know that Nick Sirianni loves running the ball, so it wouldn't hurt to have another difference maker in the backfield. And that's going to do it for this week's podcast of the Birds Banter Podcast Show. Make sure you check us out on Instagram, Birds Banter PHL, on Twitter, Birds Banter, and on YouTube for all your draft content needs. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. If you want to help me out, help out the show, make sure you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on your favorite platform, and interact with us as much as possible on social media. Leave us some comments, some messages, what you want to hear next, some players you want us to review. Would love to hear back from the fans. So thank you so much for the support. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next week on the Birds Banter Podcast. Peace out, and go Birds!